0: You're listening to Win Win, an entrepreneurial community with your host, Ben Wolf.
1: And welcome to Win Win, an entrepreneurial community. As always, I am your host, Ben Wolf. Uh, we're going to learn from our guest today how to decide whether to grow your business through franchising or internal expansion, uh, how he turned his own business around and improved in a significant way when he implemented EOS, Entrepreneurial Operating System, a comprehensive framework uh, that we've talked about before on the show for growing an entrepreneurial business. And uh, and third, why he uses a coach for himself and what that does for a person in their personal and business life, uh, which I think is uh, all stuff that, that everybody uh, out there in the entrepreneurial community can uh, potentially benefit from. So that's what we're going to, Uh, value that we're going to share today hopefully and as always I I do remind everybody please leave a review on whatever uh, method you're listening to this show whether that's Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify. Um, It uh, will make it more available to you in the future and uh, through the algorithms of these platforms make it more available to other people as well. Come up higher in search terms. So uh, if you appreciate the value that we're sharing here and that we've been sharing here please do uh, leave a review, preferably a five-star review, and uh, whatever your platform is, and um, and uh, and uh, also subscribe or follow whatever they call it on your platform. Uh, so with that, I will get into introducing uh, introducing our guest today, uh, who is a partner at the at the Law Firm. Um, and uh, that is a, a national law firm focused on franchising and general business law. And he's a partner there. Uh, he's won uh, Avos Client Choice and Top Contributor Award uh, multiple times over multiple years. Um, he is an individual who is focused on growing personally and professionally uh, using uh, uh, Dan Sullivan's Strategic Coach Program and also having implemented EOS, Entrepreneurial Operating System, as I mentioned before, in his own uh, law firm. Uh, you can learn more about his work, uh, like I said, in franchising and business law at franchise And with that I give you Brian Linser. Welcome, Brian.
0: Thanks, Ben. I appreciate it.
1: No problem. Very happy to have you on the uh, on the show today. Um, so, you know, I'd love to just jump right in. I guess first of all, I would like to uh, I would like to just kind of get a, a brief context for how you got where you are today, I guess, how you got into franchising law, what's, you know, what's a little bit of the backstory about how, you know, get a little, give us a little context of how you got into this.
0: Sure, um, so um, I uh, graduated college a long time ago, um, and uh, <laughs> t- uh, unfortunately too long, uh, but um, I took a year off, worked at a law firm that was uh, geared towards franchising. Uh, this is going back uh,
1: 1999.
0: Uh-huh. Um, and uh, we just, I, you know, I have uh, my family, uh, I grew up pretty much in a family owned business um, and my, you know, through generations, uh, we've owned a lot of businesses uh, and I was really always interested in that area of law. Um, uh-huh. s- Small businesses,
1: entrepreneurial business, what, what kind of business or businesses were, 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 was your family in?
0: So when my, my family came to this country, uh, they, they opened up a grocery store in Brooklyn, New York. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, it was a pretty well-known grocery store. But, you know, you can imagine the hours. My father probably working 100-hour weeks. Wow. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, pretty, pretty, um, you know, uh, it's, it wasn't an easy, easy time. Uh-huh. Uh, but, uh, you know, he put me through law school, put me through college. And that was his dream. You know, the, the typical... Uh, immigrant, you know, dream. Sure. Um, and, um, you know, through that, I, I worked there summers and, you know, I worked, uh, 15, 20 hour days and, you know, as a kid. So I kind of saw 15, that 20 firsthand. hour
1: days, not weeks. Yeah. Days. Yeah,
0: it was, yeah, we used to wake up, uh, four o'clock in the morning, go to the market to pick up the, you know, Bronx terminal market, uh, to pick up, uh, the things to sell at the store. Uh, wow. you know, and over the years it, it evolved, but, uh, but that's how, uh, you know, they got into the business. And and it was um, it still exists. Um, the name of the business is Fruits of Plenty. Uh, it's on King's Highway. Uh-huh. Uh, but my father retired, sold his interest to his brother, uh, my uncle. So uh, and they still operate it. Now the kids, my cousins are operating it. So it's uh, multi-generational. Uh, my grandfather started it. Um, so it's uh, wow. one of those it's stories. Still the it's
1: still the one location. Yeah, it's still the one location.
0: Yep. Same location um and it's uh it's lasted the years even though costco and all these other things opened up and right. um so it's it's a it's a great story uh but a lot of work you know every, sure. i think every every great story has a lot of work behind it right this is one of them uh, so
1: yeah so sorry for that little uh, tangent but yeah you you were saying how uh you you were saying that background and uh, uh you know fascination with entrepreneurial businesses wanted to go into that area of law yeah you just i think that's where you were.
0: Where you yeah. were going? Yeah, so uh, so then I started. We started getting involved with uh, some franchises. I actually met my current partner, Charles Inter Nicola, at that law firm. Uh, so I used to go to uh, work at the law firm during the day. Went to, to Brooklyn Law School at night uh, during the night program. Uh, so I got a lot of firsthand experience. Wait, so you um, you
1: you've been involved with your with who <clears throat> the person who's now your current partner since before you were in law school.
0: Yeah, correct. Uh, so wow. I started clerking for for, for him. Um, since then, we, we left that firm and we all we went separate ways and kind of reconnected in 2011. Uh, started working together again. So um, it's uh, it's it was a long road mm. and and uh, but he's a great guy. You know, I always tell everybody, the smartest guy I know. Um, <laughs> so it still applies. know, uh, yeah, after all these years. So it's uh, it's a great you know great. Uh, you know, great synergy that we have. So,
1: Oh, that's awesome. And, and how did, and so it sounds like there was a, a business focus. How, how did that end up getting focused specifically into, I guess, franchise
0: law, which is,
1: you know, just a little, a little less common, a little bit more off the beaten path than most people who do uh, corporate law of one kind or another.
0: Yeah. You know, so, we, so we were involved with a few franchises at that time. Um, you know, the firm probably had five franchise, franchise or clients. Uh-huh. Uh, so we worked with them, um, pretty extensively. It was really work that, that we loved working, you know, working on, um, and just and a, just so, to
1: clarify for those listening out there, I mean the, the, the term franchise Now I know what you mean, uh, franchisor, franchisee, just, I guess we just define those terms for people.
0: Sure. So the franchise or is the, the, a company that actually sells the franchises. So the traditional McDonald's, um, you know, uh, scenario would be McDonald's corporate selling franchises to, to franchisees. So the franchisor is the one selling to franchisees that own the individual units, um, you know, in, in uh, the franchise units. Okay. So the franchisor is the main company, I guess if you could put it that way. Okay. So, um, yeah, so we, we worked uh, with a lot of uh, with those brands, and we kind of had the idea of, um, you know, this is going back many years ago, but we always thought about having a, a firm that we can build and just kind of cater to, to franchise or and, um, and, you know, it's and businesses that are geared for growth. And that's really what, you know, what we uh, want. So it's not necessarily always franchising, uh, but, um, you know, businesses that are looking to grow uh, and we help them grow, you know, and that's the way we thought about it. So. That's going back many years ago um, and we've been at a few different law firms in between. I had my own practice um, and we kind of reconnected and said, you know, let's launch this, this firm that we've wanted to build for many years. Uh-huh. Um, and that's how we kind of, you know, our niche became franchise or, you know, franchise lawyers and businesses is looking to grow and how we can help them, you know, facilitate that.
1: Okay, cool. Very interesting. Um, now, I, I guess so. Getting into getting into where this affects affects people's lives. People listening to uh, listening to our voices right now, um, for for entrepreneurial business owners, right? You know, you, you're focusing on. I mean, franchising is one way of growing your business by, you know, having other people building up businesses that you know that that draw off of what you've established and the the trade, you know, the trademark and the branding and the methods that you've established getting others to do that by their own businesses and, 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 and compensating you for it. It's one path, obviously, just growing the business internally and just growing the business, managing more locations, managing more people as another way of growing a business. So, um, I guess I I, really, I guess this is the main thing that I wanted to, to get to today is those are two obviously quite different paths to growing a business. Um, you know if i have a business i'm growing it i want to continue growing it um what should i think about in terms of whether i should th- you know in terms of whether i should think about using franchising as a method of growth um w- what are the factors what are the factors that go into that and uh, would inform that decision
0: you know what so it's it's a it's a thing you know it's it's one of those things that you have to kind of assess assess everything right so so um and the, the the traditional example would be, you know, Starbucks is not a franchise, right? And a lot of people think it is, but it's it's not. Right. Um, so you can't go out and open up a, a Starbucks location, whereas right. Dunkin' Donuts is a franchise. Uh-huh. So, uh huh. So Starbucks took on the more, you know, the the uh, managerial structure, right? So franchising is one of the avenues to, to expand your business. Uh huh. Um, and really, the difference is, you know. Uh, allow franchising al- uh, allows other people to kind of take on the responsibilities of business ownership. Right. So you're teaching them the system, you're teaching them, you know, giving them access to your vendors, giving them access to your trademarks and mm-hmm. things like that. But, but at the end of the day, it's up to the franchisee to grow the business and use those tools um, to expand their business. Whereas, uh, you know, the Starbucks model where it's just, you know, managed, you know, internally managed, you're hiring managers, you know, it's a, a tiered management structure where the you know you have regional managers and you know uh, l- uh local managers and store managers right. and, you know and so it's just a ma- a manag- you know managerial like hierarchy in a sense so um you're taking on a little more a, a lot more responsibility for each location um as opposed to franchising that that would allow you to put the responsibility onto someone else you know you teach them the way and and let them you know, um, expand the business using your system. So. So that's right. really I, in a nutshell, that's kind of the difference between, you know, uh, expanding your business through franchising and expanding your business through other methods. And, and how,
1: But what should know. I think about? How do I know which I mean, you know, OK, so there's one is, you know, it was a much larger management structure on one on one hand and, you know, that you have the responsibility to build and then, you know, having more more accountability or more responsibility more risk on other people on the franchisees you know as uh as as a, a potential pro i guess for the for the franchising model plus the, i guess the lack of having to build that management structure I, it's you know i guess i would assume that there's a lot there's a there's a risk too in having people who are not under your control you know doing things with your brand just by the way they do business every day um, and so it's a it's 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 a big risk in that sense also
0: hundred percent. Yeah. So it's, it is that, that, you know, um, that ability. So I, I, you know, the way I look at it is, uh, when you, when you have a business, let's say you're an exterminator and looking to grow your business, uh-huh. um, the franchising, you know, you, you're, if you start franchising, you're not necessarily worried about, you know, um, doing, you know, house calls anymore or hiring other people or, you know, putting, va- you know, uh, getting vans out there and putting car wraps on your, your focus has to shift over to, you know, selling franchises. Uh So it's, it's more like, how do I systematize this particular type of business? So you're focusing on, you know, marketing strategies, you're focusing on, um, you know, you're going to franchise shows and trying to sell franchises. And so it's a shift. It's almost like a completely different business, even though the, the name is the same. And, you're, you know, the, the services are the same. You're taking on a, a whole, you're shifting your responsibility into, you know, different, you know, different, um, your mindset shifts. Uh, and so you, you're kind of creating a system and selling franchises as opposed to killing bugs. Uh, right, it's, you know, right. it's totally different. Well, right. did so, does
1: some people do kind of a a, a hybrid model where they have some locations or some areas or territories or whatever that they operate themselves and others that they do as franchise. I mean, does some people do both at the same time? Is that not a bad, is that a bad idea?
0: No, that's, you know, that's pretty common. So you'll have uh, typically a person will have, you know, a few different locations. There's no, there's no requirement. You don't need, you don't, you don't need any locations to franchise. So there's no specific requirement, but typically the, our clients have, you know, two or three locations. And are looking to expand, so those those two or three locations are typically called corporate locations. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it's it's actually beneficial to keep those operating in in most instances, where, because you need a place to train franchisees. Mm-hmm. You need you know it's a good place to test uh, different um, you know products and services and, and things like that. So it kind of it lines it puts you in line with with the other franchisees um, over time. We uh, many as you grow, you may want to you can uh, it's not unusual where you sell those corporate locations to franchisees uh-huh. and turn them into franchise locations. But uh, as as you gr- you know, going through that growth process, um, usually it would, be, it would be typical to see that, you know, a corporate location, at least one operating as you're growing the franchise. So so that's kind of one of the things that you have to think about is, you know, how do I how do I have someone manage my corporate locations? you know, uh, and hopefully it's generating revenue so you can focus on, you know, the franchise, you know, side of it. Um, And and it's that shift of, you know, not really Mm -hmm. being concerned about the day to day, you know, hiring employees for, you know, for your corporate location, you have to give that responsibility to someone else um, and kind of shift, you know, the mindset to, okay, how do I, how do I create a system to hire employees? Right. So Mm -hmm. other people can do it seamlessly.
1: Um, well, so that makes makes me actually curious, and I apologize if this is an ing- ignorant question. Um, but you know, if somebody is starting a franchise, they have two or three locations. Wh- wh- what exactly is in it for the franchisee? What are they What are they benefiting in those situations? I mean, it's you know, it's not like someone has, you know, like you said, a McDonald's where it's where it's uh, you know, where it's, it's it's a huge brand, tons of advertising. Um, what are what are the franchisees getting out of the uh, getting out of the arrangement that they you know that they're that they're better off than they would be you know i guess starting a brand new business doing the that's same thing that's a great thing. question
0: yeah it's a great question so the way i look at it um is if i was to start my own exterminating business i know nothing about it um i was just going to start start a business you know buy some i don't know why i'm focusing on exterminating yeah, that's fine it's just... i mean it, it's a perfectly
1: good <laughs> example i mean it's... Of an entrepreneurial yeah. business
0: whatever yeah it's, it's great uh, but uh so but it, it, it the same you know thing applies to any business uh, but um so if i was going to start my own business the thing that the way i look at it is uh i would if it would probably take me five to ten years to learn you know and make all the mistakes that a business owner makes mm-hmm. to get to the point where i can get with to a, with a franchise on day one right, right. so So I'm taking the uh, someone who hopefully has a successful business and using their marketing strategies, using their vendors, using their community, um, using their trademark, right, even though the trademark doesn't have the same value as a as a McDonald's. Right. uh, The thought is over time uh, through the marketing and through the, you know, uh, through the systems that are created. Right. That that it's going to generate some goodwill in that name and, you know, over time. So um, so even a two or three you know, location franchise um, has, you know, some goodwill embedded in depending on where you are. But over time, the hope is that it, it grows, you know, as the system grows. So, but the way, you know, the way I look at it, when I'm explaining it to people, I think it's, I think you're kind of fast forwarding five years, right? And 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 you don't have to make those mistakes. Those those mistakes that you make, as right. every business you're owner makes. You're skipping the
1: first five years of the business. <laughs>
0: Right, where where and it's those those mistakes are typically time-consuming and expensive, uh-huh. right? So if if this particular marketing strategy doesn't work, uh, you tr- you you'll try it, you'll sp- you know put advertising dollars into it, um, and it and it turns out it doesn't work. That's a mistake you made. Hopefully, you know you shift to do something else. You shift those dollars to something else. But the franchise model allows you uh, to take the franchisor's mistakes and use it to your benefit. So you so if they found the formula that works, you could just duplicate that in your location and not have to make those mistakes again. It's never perfect. You know, there's always going to be things and it's going to change depending on what area you're in and things Mm -hmm. like that. But but the way I look at it is like on a timeline, you know, I just jumped five years ahead uh, where I would have been. And and the thing I as a franchisee, I have to to get that benefit I have to pay a franchise fee. Right. And I have to pay royalties. You know, but right. but to me it's it's worth it if I can if I can be cash flow positive six months, you know, within six months, as opposed to three years, um, that makes a lot of sense for me. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in that in that scenario.
1: So and, and I guess who who is who is now let's go back to the franchise or situation. Who is uh who was wrong for franchising, meaning like, who was who it not for? I should say,
0: you know what? I, I think the the ones that, you know, from from, um, you know, as far as like our clients go, I think the people that that struggled with it or, or kind of just, you know, went into it and then kind of backed away were the people who weren't ready to, to have that mindset shift, mm-hmm. right? They they still thought that of uh, of the business as um, like killing the, bugs. The, killing bugs. Right. And they couldn't get they couldn't get away from that. And that's why I brought that up initially, because I think that's if you if you take one factor uh, the you know, the one factor that I would say for for, you know, and there's other there's other scenario, you know, other things but depending on industry, depending on, you know, sometimes the, the business is just a fad, you know, like, I, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the certain things I wouldn't get into right now. Um, but um,
1: like what? <laughs> Everybody's you know, thinking like, that yeah, well, you, Brian just said,
0: yeah. You know, uh, I mean, like the like a frozen yogurt concept. OK, um, I think they kind of, you know, unless again, unless there's something, you know, I, I shouldn't always say that I should say that there's a caveat to that, because um, even let's say, um, you know, the, the example of Five Guys Burgers. Yeah. Uh, you would say, well, I couldn't. You know, it seems like the market's flooded with hamburger concepts. Why would I why would I go in? and they're thriving and doing very well. Yeah. yeah so, I, heard, so, I heard the
1: interview with uh, Guy Raz's uh, uh, on, on how I built this on NPR, that podcast. I th- I'm pretty sure he had an interv- he had interview a couple years ago with the founder of that, which is which was fascinating, you know, what they right. did.
0: And there's there's a lot of stories like that where they come into a market uh, that's, you know, saturated. So even even yogurt, I, I would say if you have a novel yogurt concept that that um, you know that's something different, and people want it. Mm-hmm. You know, you know it's that. You know, it. I, it would be, you know, a great business to, to franchise. But I would say, so, for the most part, self serve. You know, yogurt. You probably have to wait until, you know. I think they 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 grew very quickly, and and then became oversaturated. Uh, you know, uh-huh. so I, so I, saw a client coming to me saying he wants to open one. I'd say, you know, what you know, what what is unique about this particular offering, right? Uh, that that you know would, would you know uh, would be different so you know things like that but I think the number one thing would be you know shifting that mindset a- and it's a great thing when, when when it's done right and you can shift that mindset and mm-hmm. it's because it's 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 like a different business and you're you know you're, you're traveling around going to you know franchise shows you're you're talking to different people it's like its own separate universe mm-hmm. right so if you know we go to a conference um, you know IFA in uh it's uh, used every other year it's in Las Vegas and they they switch locations, but you know, there's 4,000 people there and they're all like-minded people. Most of the mostly good people. Um, And you're just, your world kind of expands as your, as your business expands. And it's, it's really interesting. I met amazing people and you know, it's really, um, you know, it's really uh, a great thing when you do it right, but it's, it's a hard shift to make, you know, people have been in their business for 10 years and it's, you know, their mindset is, well, and, you know, I fall into that trap also where, you know, it's, it's the, the, you know, working in my business instead of on my business. Right. And it's like that, that shift, it's, it's difficult for a lot of entrepreneurs to, to make. Uh, but I think it's necessary in order to be successful. I think it's necessary to, to make that shift. And, and I see most, the ones that don't launch properly are the ones that can't get, can't get out of that mindset. Right. You know, I think um, you also, you also need to, you know, cash, you know, cash flow is a big, big factor. Uh-huh. Right? It, it's a, it's a long term kind of project. Um, it's not an overnight thing. Um, a lot of work and you have to not only a lot of people fall into the trap. And this is one of the conversations we have with with people that we speak to initially is, um, you know, creating the documents that you need to franchise legally mm-hmm. uh, doesn't necessarily mean that you're ready. To, you know, you have everything you need to, to sell franchises. You know, they're two different things. So you need you need a you know, marketing strategy. You need marketing dollars. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, get not to, to kill bugs, but to, you know, sell franchises and that, right. you know, to, then it's going to the sh- franchise shows and it's going, meeting, you know, franchise consultants and brokers. And, you know, it's a, it's a lot of um, there is a lot to it after, you know, it's not that easy just to kind of create the document and, you know, things are just going to start flying off that, you know, franchise is going to you're going to be selling a million territories. It's right. it just doesn't work that way like anything else like anything else it's it's it takes work and and capital um so that would be another factor i would you know uh, you have to be ready uh for you know for the work and have enough ca- sufficient capital to to last
1: okay no that's su- that's super important uh, super important stuff and i guess um you know if i'm if i if i am a you know i want to go into i want to start my business in uh killing bugs and you know i want to do it by buying a franchise know maybe there's multiple options out there what are the main things i should be thinking about if i'm a franchisee or want to be a franchisee uh just a last question on this line of of uh you know of the conversation because there's a couple things i want to get to but what um what am i what am i as a franchisee thinking about and looking for a good franchise to buy into
0: um you know that that's also a great great question I, i you know a lot of the factors um uh you know would be the, the, um, you know, a lot of, so, uh, to give some background when when you're buying a franchise and what a franchisor gives a a franchisee is what they call an FDD, a franchise disclosure document. Uh So it's like a prospectus, usually two, 300 pages of information about the, about the offering. Right. And that's, that's what's required by law. And that's a lot of the legal work that we do is creating these documents and, and, um, and, um, you know, making sure that they're used correctly in order to satisfy the federal trade commission and state, you know, state laws and things like that. So that's a big part of what we do. So in that perspective, in that FDD, there's a lot of information in there. Um, So you probably, you definitely need to speak to someone who's qualified, you know, it could be an attorney, could be someone that can explain that, you know, what's in there um, and explain the offering to you. Um, That's a really important thing because, you know, the law requires that information to be disclosed. But how do you how do you digest that information? Right. Um, a lot of people just kind of go in uh, blindly and just say, OK, I'm just going to sign. And, and that's that's a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, so assuming that everything's legally, you know, OK in the FDD. Right. Um, you know, it kind of goes along the same lines. When I speak to a franchisee client, uh, I tell them the same thing. I pretty much tell them as a franchise or that, you, you know, you, it takes hard. It's hard work. Right. And it's it's uh, it's not something that's just automatic. Um, so again, it's it's a mindset thing, I think, is if I could pull one factor out of the mm-hmm. successful franchisees versus uh, ones that don't do well. Is right. I think the, the ones that don't do well rely too heavily on the franchise or. Mm-hmm. Right. And what the franchisor has given you is that is that knowledge base. Right. So that's that five year that five years of 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 uh, experience that you wouldn't have otherwise. But what you do with that is really. Uh, what it comes down to. So mm-hmm. some people just rely too heavily on the franchise or and say, well they're gonna do, you know, they're gonna get my customers for me. They're gonna do the marketing right. for me. They're gonna and it just doesn't work out that way. And that's not what a franchise or is supposed to do. Um, they're supposed yeah, to be So it's a hard this, work
1: and an investment mindset is a prerequisite absolutely. for a successful franchisee. But how about if I'm deciding like who's a better franchise or to buy from like let's say there's two or three people in the bug killing industry, you know that are, you know two or three you know potentially good brands. How do I know who's a good, what's a good franchise to buy? What am I looking at?
0: So I, I think that one of the th- things we highly, highly recommend doing, uh, and in the in, in the prospectus is uh, a list of franch- current franchisees mm-hmm. and franchisees that left the system. Mm-hmm. Right. So oh, having they have those both convers- in, the, in
1: the disclosure. Okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They're supposed to disclose both. So we tell a, a lot of our clients to you know contact as many as you can. Um, and the things, you know, it's fu- it's funny because you, you always kind of typically what I, the feedback that I get back is that there's, you know, a few franchisees that love the brand, mm-hmm. a few franchisees that complain about the brand mm-hmm. and it's the people in the middle, uh, that I, that I really kind of focus on. So you, you want to hear things like that, you know, they, they're, um, uh, they communicate well, uh, you know, they'll come back and, and, um, you know, be responsive to, you know, things like that. Uh, they will help you with marketing, you know? Um, And you want to ask the questions, you know, when did you become cash flow positive? Mm -hmm. Um, Like, you know, and these are the kinds of the the feedback that you're you're looking for if you're deciding between a few different concepts. Okay, Um, well, that's I mean, that's obviously
1: super helpful is, is spending a lot of time on talking to other franchisees or former franchisees.
0: Right. The franchisor by law is limited to what they can say. Uh, so they can only tell you what's in the in the at that fdd right. they can't tell you anything outside that fdd uh-huh. so let's say the costs you know uh co- you know operating costs uh they can't tell you that unless it's in the fdd and a lot of times it isn't so you can ask those questions to a franchisee there's no limit okay so the franchisee has this information for you and they're typically in a good franchise system they're very willing to to help you because they were in the same boat you know two years before right um so they and it's it's ha- it's that community um, that, you know, the community sense that, that, um, you know, that, uh, that's part of being, you know, in a franchise is that you have other franchisees to rely on. You have a franchise or, uh, that should help you. Right. And and that's where you can find that information. Uh, but what I tell everybody is assume that nobody's going to help you go into this with, <laughs> with, you know, with, and, and it, cause it does happen and it's, uh, I get a lot of calls from disgruntled franchisees who you know who didn't have their FDD reviewed or didn't right. speak to someone before. You have a realistic idea they, of
1: what it was going to take to succeed,
0: right? And then they say, you know, what I want to get out of this franchise agreement, and the, and I, the, you know, the the you know franchisor doesn't, you know, call me back. They are not helping me get my, and I said, you know, the typical response is, you know, in most cases you can't get out of the franchise agreement. Uh, they don't have by, you know, in the contract it doesn't say that they have to get, you know, uh, clients for you or customers for you. Um, you know, all these things that aren't in the contract, you can't sue them on. Right, right. Uh, so they're kind of stuck in it and they spend a few years. They spend a lot of money. They sign leases for 10 years and guarantees and they're in a, they're in a mess. Right, right. So, so, what we try to do is, you know, in those situations, I try to almost uh, predict the future based on the information that I have. And, uh, and a lot of that information comes from that FDD and, and speaking to franchisees right. uh, to, to avoid that scenario.
1: Well, no, that's that's super. Look, I mean, it's super helpful if that's something that I, as a franchisee, am thinking about. I mean, to spend a lot of time on that, on that, on that information uh, gathering stage with, especially with other franchisees, and obviously, like you said initially, of course, have someone who can understand your FDD and and fully be able to explain it to you, so you know what you can expect and what you shouldn't be expecting uh, from the franchisor. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So I wanna like shift gears a little bit because we're already uh, we already a good ways into it and I wanna I don't wanna run out of time. Um, but I do wanna shift gears a little bit and uh, I know we've spoken, you know, in, in, in you and my previous conversations about uh, about how you implemented EOS, entrepreneurial operating system, which you know, I mean our readers or listeners excuse me may be very familiar with or have heard of before. In terms of being a comprehensive set of processes and tools uh, for running an entrepreneurial business and getting what you want out of it. Um, but I guess I just want to hear a little bit of your story, uh, what were things, you know, of, of how you guys ended up doing that at your firm, um, in your own business. And uh, what, you know, firstly, I definitely would like to focus on what were things like before? What were things like before you did EOS? So let you know, like, why were you looking into options? Uh, you
0: yeah, know, that's, it's, it's almost like, uh hard to imagine what it was before <laughs> um, it, it's uh, you know what it, it was it was uh, you know I see a lot of businesses still operating in a way where there's no direction right so we we took whatever happened that day and worked and and got the work out and then just waited for other things to happen the next no. day you know so it's all responsive apps no, abs- everything, everything yeah absolutely um, and, and I see still you know, um, a lot, most law firms, I think I still operate this way that, you yeah. know, that I see the, the smaller law firms and, and I, you know, they just, someone calls and, you know, from a ad and, you know, in a newspaper and they they just take the call and there's really no focus, uh, whatsoever. So, uh, it, it's almost, you know,
1: so, uh, so, the, so for you yeah. guys, what was, so what was the pain before
0: I, I, you know what, we didn't even realize that there was pain. Uh, to for a long time and then after a while we just uh the pain was frustration you know we, we're not growing our our revenue is not you know growing our brands aren't growing um and we're working so hard working weekends mm. and nights and and everything and and um and not having anything to show for it at the end of the day um you know so but you know a lot of for a long time we thought that is the way it was supposed to be Um, Right. I guess if you don't know anything else, like (laughs) that's,
1: you know, and and a lot of other firms, are you know, most of the firms are that way. So that's just that's just normal, you think.
0: Every firm that I worked at, you know, throughout my career, and this is going back from college, uh, I probably worked at 10 different law firms Mm -hmm. and uh, they they never spoke about like business, uh, like generating business (laughs) and where are we going to be in 10 years? And It was, you know, I want to be, you know, a great lawyer, which is fine. And it's it's a you know, it's it's a. You know, it's, it's something that you should be anyway. If you have a great law firm, it, it should be both. You, you're you a great lawyer and you have a great business, Right. but people, f- right. you know, most forget about that other, other aspect of it. Um, and it's, and I, you know, and I, I, you know, I was in court one day, we don't really go into court anymore. We're not, a, we shifted totally out of litigation. Uh-huh. Uh, but I remember looking at some of these older lawyers in there, you know, 85 years old and, uh, and just saying, you know, I don't want to be there. Like, you know, that's not the way I want to, you know, with a cheap suit on and, you know, black sneakers. And it just, it was kind of like mind opening to me. I, you know, that's not where I want to be when I'm 85. Right. And I think that, you know, those types of things started to, you know, creep in and, you know, we needed some direction and I, you know, we read a lot of books, you know, Think and Grow Rich and, you know, Seven habits uh you know like on all those books I've been reading over the years, right. you know e myth um they kind of kind of implanted all this stuff in my head, but I never really did anything about it until traction you know that that was the book that changed everything for us um, well, which which so, I, yeah which,
1: yeah that's no, it's uh, fascinating i mean I guess just uh you know some people uh, out there listening may have se- may have seen actually I posted a uh some pictures from a, a CLE, a continuing legal education course on the law practice management side uh, that I actually gave in uh, in Manhattan uh, last week to a, b- a bunch of lawyers also who are hopefully trying to think about how to, as you, as you said before, like run their business like business, you know, run their firms like businesses, not just uh, not just like, you know, good lawyers, you know, for whatever hours they're billing for.
0: Right. It's so hard. And I think, in, especially in, in, you know, for lawyers to kind of shift, years it's it's a it's such a hard thing to to do but i think the the firms that we know uh we, we have a lot of like we're in a lot of marketing um you know uh mastermind groups and things uh-huh. like that the ones that that get it and and use the this system i you know it's 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 uh, you, you can't even compare uh to where they would have been if they have had it uh, so I'm a huge fan of EOS. Well, what what difference did you, did
1: you see in your like specifically like what, what, what was the difference you saw in your business after you implemented this you know, system to, to always be focusing on on your business and moving the ball forward?
0: You know what? So it, even just that initial meeting with our with our core team and we have a great team, you know, that's that's a huge part of our, you know, our success so far. Uh, so we, we've had a you know, we we had that initial meeting during the VTO. Mm-hmm. the vision traction Uh, organizer
1: clarifying clarifying your 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 firm's vision
0: yes yeah so and it it takes you out 10 years um and and where you know where you think you're going to be but just just having those conversations you know changed changed everything Mm -hmm. so um you know with 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 the team like you know what are we doing this for right and and we we didn't really do it on a revenue basis we did it more on on, we want to you know, we don't, we want to help as many brands as we can. Mm-hmm. Right. So we, so our, our, our number is tied into the number of brands that we want mm-hmm. in the next 10 years and that's going to lead to revenue uh, goals. But, but we, fo- we focus on that and, and that just shifted the mindset of our marketing, shifted the mindset of, um, how we service our clients and, and creating systems in our organization and, and what were the results? Um, so, um, so far was, so we, we've been doing it for about two years, uh, definitely have, 25 percent plus growth year over year. Uh, in terms you know, of gro- to,
1: gross revenue, you mean?
0: Yeah, it's just tr- in terms of revenue uh-huh. and, and as far as like brands. OK, 25 um, you know, percent growth,
1: meaning we, year over year in terms of the number of brands you're representing.
0: No, it's actually more than that. So th- that was 25 percent revenue okay. uh, over the over the last two years. But it's also um, probably brands. We started doing this. We we had about 30 brands. Um, Now we're at 85. Wow. Uh, Today. Um, and so in two just, years, that's you,
1: what is that? You, it's 150 percent growth in terms of the number of brands in two years, right? Wow. And uh, what and what was your brand growth before before two years ago?
0: We didn't even measure it, right? We well, had, that's part of the no, right. No that's idea. part of the problem is you're
1: not you're not <laughs> looking at data because you know anybody doing EOS, I mean, they know that one of the one of the six key components you're always working on strengthening is looking at objective data to run your business. And right, so that's one of the problems is we're often not doing that. We're running it on hunches or feelings or just, uh, you know, egos, but not on data. So.
0: Right. It's it's so over the course since 2000, um, 2012, um, let's say we had those brands, but we weren't really, you know, we had some before and never really tracking it, never Mm -hmm. really paying attention. What about revenue before that? Yes. Same. Um, When we start, I mean, it it probably grew, but we started, you know, we probably started uh, we left another firm together. Um, and started, you know, this as a small, you know, small practice. Right. So it, it grew over the years. But we were doing a, a lot of uh, other things. We were doing probably half our revenue came from litigation. Uh-huh. Um, so we we kind of scrapped that. We took the thing that t- you know half our revenue was based on, <laughs> and just got <laughs> rid of tough. it because we do not want to do it anymore. Right. And yeah, yeah. And uh, there was a lot of you know real uh, residential real estate we don't do anymore. Uh-huh. We just took these these uh, things that we just didn't want to deal with anymore, wanted to focus on this particular type of law and we just got rid of it, even though it was a big part of chunk of our revenue. So that would be hard to measure also over the course of years. But without traction, we wouldn't have realized that we we don't want to do the litigation anymore. And we wouldn't have shifted to this extreme. Um, you know, so it's it's really you're doing
1: more what you you're focusing more on what you want to do. I mean there's tremendous growth and gross revenue. And it sounds like in two years, 150 percent growth uh, approximately. And in, uh, in the number of brands you want to represent, which is one of your, you know, which is one of your key data points, one of your key measurables. It sounds like. Um, OK, cool.
0: Right. So so what what seemed like a stretch when we were, when we were uh, doing the, the VT of the vision traction organizing, uh, we, we had some stretch goals like we're hitting those goals, um, you know, and it, and it the, you know, because it forces you. We have the level 10 meeting every yeah. week to kind of, you know, course correct over, over the, you know, over time. So our three year goal, we're hopefully going to, and I'm knocking on wood, we'll hit, you know, much sooner than that, probably a year earlier than we wow. thought we, we would. Um, wow. so, and that, and at the time when we made that, you know, it was, it was really a stretch. It really was, it was probably inconceivable. Uh, and we just said, you know, we have to go for something. And, and how many people and did you
1: have in your organization when you first started the two years ago?
0: Uh, so we had, um, we had uh, six, uh, six total, I believe. Six full time. Uh, yes. Yeah, Including six you and the,
1: and your partner. Okay.
0: Correct. And, uh, we were the really only two attorneys. Now we're, uh, uh, we hired, we're hiring a third attorney, a third associate. So there'll be five attorneys, wow. um, in September and, um, awesome. yeah, so it's, uh, you know, growing in a, in a great way and it's doing what we love doing and it's the, we love doing the work, you know, and that's, that's the, one of the so even if you know what EOS kind of focus you, you focus you on the things that you want not not the things that just come in so it allows you to make that shift um, in a great way so it's really um, I can't tell you you know I I think you know because you're yeah well, with uh, you, but I,
1: right I mean I'm an EOS uh, EOS implementer myself and uh, <laughs> right. and the fractional integrator so yeah the uh, no I appreciate it And I you know I appreciate having people be able to hear like a a real example. So I I definitely value that. I think other people value that. Um, And I know we're actually a little bit over time of where I like to to try to stay, uh, but I wanna ask one other question um, just maybe briefly, uh, which is I know that you use a coach for yourself. I mean, I also use a coach for myself. and, And I just think as a tool for for entrepreneurs. I think it's an important thing to hear from others. Um, I guess just if you could say briefly why you started using a coach and 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 you know and and why you why you continue to do it. What do you get out of it.
0: Yeah you know it's it's um, you know I think anyone you know you, you know you watch a baseball game they have pitching coaches. But you right. know, these are the best players in the world. Uh, they get a 100 miles an hour and they need coaches every day. Mm-hmm. And you know so so what what why would I think I wouldn't need a coach for doing okay. what I, you know, what I Fair do uh, and, and it's no, but it's really, um, you know, it's one of those things. It's a, it's a shifting, you know, shifting the mindset because if you give me the, give me an hour, um, I'll probably work on something for my client as opposed to myself. And that's my, that's been my yeah always, you know, that's, it's one of those things, um, that, that we struggle with the, co- you know, having someone telling you, listen, you know, take that hour, work, work on yourself. And at the end of the day, your client's gonna benefit from it by, you know, working on yourself and your business and, and, and systems and things like that, um, you know, so that's really, you know, what it's about. And it's, it's um, I think everyone should have a coach and even personally, you know, so strategic coach, which is tied into EOS, by the way. Uh, so Gino Wickman, you know, and, and um, Dan Sullivan, they work together a lot. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of overlap. Uh, there's some overlap there, but, um, you know, one of the things they talk about is, um, you know, having free days for yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and that means not checking email, not doing anything, spending time with your family, with your kids or doing something you love and kind of having that ability to recharge. And then you come in and there's buffer days and, the, and things like that. But that, that by itself, you know, I, I never took days off. Even when I took days off, I, you know, I, I would be in, um, I remember being in Italy, uh, you know, with my laptop you know, and, uh, (laughs) and just sitting there, you know, instead of, you know, walking around, I I had my laptop doing work. Um, and it just, over time, you just, you'll burn out, right? So this, this kind of gives you that opportunity to say, listen, it's okay to, to not check your email for a day. Nothing's going to happen or, or set up a system where someone else can check it. And if it's an emergency, you, you know, they'll, they'll call you. But, um, you know, I think we're tied in too heavily to our, our devices and, and our email. And, um, and I, you know it kind of taught me not to do that anymore and i you know the quality of time with my kids is has benefited from it so you know it paid for itself 10 times over you don't get that time back right with with your with your kids right. and you know so it's kind of shifting your mind and and focusing on those types of things and then i think i'm so much better at the office on a monday that i, I I'll, I'll actually get more work done you know uh, as you know, at the end of the week, because I took that day off and didn't check my emails that day and, you know, going through those types of things. So it's really important to get someone else to tell you that because it's hard to, to understand that for yourself, you know? Uh, uh and I think that's like with any business, I think that's, it's, uh, it's great to have someone kind of critiquing you and, and being honest with you and, and trying to shift your mindset. So,
1: no, that's great. Well, look, I appreciate I appreciate uh, hearing about that. How you know, use a coach to hold just I guess hold yourself accountable and and focus on things that you wouldn't have the you know discipline or or maybe just like high enough you know ten thousand feet like mindset to look at things from a higher perspective. Um, you know, as well as you know, as well as what you said about EOS and what it what it did for you know what it did for you guys and your business, um, and of course all the all the learnings about uh, about you know what franchisees should be thinking about when they're looking at franchises franchisors should think about if they're thinking about doing a franchising um, it's all you know it's a super amount of value that I think uh, that I think that people are learning today uh, that we're sharing so I really appreciate you I appreciate you coming on and sharing all that information and it's just a pleasure to have you on
0: I know I appreciate the opportunity and we do have a a great website um, really and we work on it every Mm day Uh, my partner works on it uh, and my office, uh, Melissa in my office works. It's really a robot, a lot of information. Uh, so anyone who has a question or is interested, or there's a ton of like Yes, it's Franchise and, Law, and just
1: to repeat that, it's FranchiseLawSolutions.com. Um, and I did, I, I was looking yeah. through the website, I mean there's a nice PDF of, of like an explanation of, of Franchise Law and, every, and you know, with some great information there. And so definitely would echo what you're saying.
0: Yeah, and it's, uh, we're, we're putting time and resources into it every day, so it just keeps getting better. Uh, so, but yeah, I think it's, uh, if anyone has questions about it, I think a lot of the answers or they could just give me a call. Yeah. Get obviously Brian's yeah, information
1: questions. on, 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 franchise law solutions as well. dot uh, com as well. So, uh, so perfect. Great. So yeah. Thanks so right, much. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for coming thank on. Thank you. And, uh, thank you. Yeah. Sorry. You're we talking over each other. So yeah, thank you very much. And, uh, it's been a pleasure and, uh, and we'll, we'll see everybody on the other side.
0: Thank you so much. Thanks, Ben. Appreciate it. You're listening to Win-Win, an entrepreneurial community with your host, Ben Wolf.